With Notre Dame Federal Credit Union, our online banking and mobile app are like having a branch right at your fingertips with everything you need to use and manage your accounts 24-7. Check us out at NotreDameFCU.com, insured by NCUA. Locally here in South Bend, St. Joe defeated Marion in a thriller in the Holy War in overtime. And, you know, someone who is well-known for broadcasting those games over the last 30-plus years is Bob Nagel, recently retired from the 46th Sports Game of the Week. Of course, a member of the Indiana Football Hall of Fame and the Indiana Sports Writers and Sportscasters Hall of Fame. He was the longtime voice of the Notre Dame women's basketball team, but also broadcast the games for Notre Dame hockey, men's basketball, and baseball. In fact, he did hockey, baseball, Notre Dame women's basketball, at the same time, in the same year, which is kind of crazy. He has a ton of Notre Dame football stories as well. Graduated from Marion, and that's where broadcasting first came into the picture. Bob's gone through some health issues recently. He opens up about that and about how faith has helped him get through all that. It's just a fabulous conversation, and as Bob will say, a dream story for an Irish Catholic kid from a small town in Illinois to end up around Notre Dame athletics for the bulk of his life. Here's Focus on Faith with Bob Nagel. Bob, thanks for for being with us. Obviously, story career for you in in sports casting. Uh, when you reflect on the time you've had, wh- what was your experience like? The voice of so many athletics here in Michigan, and not just high school, but also Notre Dame. Well, the number one thing that occurred to me is to ask, where did that time go? It's amazing. You know, I was eleven years old when we moved here to South Bend. Notre Dame won a national championship in nineteen sixty six, and a Catholic kid from Ottawa, Illinois, who one day dreamed of seeing the stadium, just seeing it, not on a game day, certainly, just seeing the stadium, uh, wound up working for 46 years covering Notre Dame sports. It just uh, it was a dream come true. It's one of the reasons that you do uh, so many different things and things that say, well, you can't do this and you can't do it. Yeah, you can. I mean, if you really want to do it, you can, and we did. Lou Holtz, who's been a guest on your show, once said that uh, – you love what you do for a living you never go to work i don't feel like i've ever gone to work very much i've loved what i've done you know your fandom started early on as a kid how how quickly did you become a notre dame fan you know when i was old enough to know uh, about notre dame and being irish uh, at halftime we'd go outside in the side yard and reenact the plays that we heard van patrick and al wester talking about on the broadcast and uh boy sunday morning get back from church, turn on a Notre Dame replay, and uh, got to watch that. And really, that was the only college broadcast available. Again, a big Irish family. Uh, Everybody was a Notre Dame fan. And uh, so to move here, the year before we moved here, we came here on vacation, and uh, my brothers and I crawled over the wall, went down, pulled grass up off the field, which we couldn't do now. (laughs) And... uh, we took the grass home to Ottawa, and um, and everybody's like, "Is that really Notre Dame Stadium?" Yeah, so we were pretty cool, you know, having that. But uh, just love the idea. I love, just love Notre Dame. So how neat was it then when when your mom and dad tell you hey, we're going to actually move over there? Well, for most, when well, my sisters weren't real happy about it, you know. They, um, but when he said you're going to be a twenty-five cent bus ride away from Notre Dame's campus, so it was like. Wow, let's go. We spent all day out there. Went to the huddle, which is now the you know where all the restaurants and everything are on campus there, and uh, go down to the pool. And uh, Rocky Blyer was a heck of a pool player. I mean, they had all kinds of Bob Thomas. They had some uh, guys that hung out there, 
And uh, we would go out when they had practice. They would come from campus, and they would walk into the stadium to change. And on the way in there, we would get autographs. Now, when they changed, they had to go over to Cartier Fields to practice. We'd get autographs on the way over there. While they're practicing, we'd go to the huddle and have a burger or whatever, come back. When they were leaving practice, we'd get autographs again. <laughs> Some of these guys would look at you like, didn't I just give you? Yeah, my cousin's sick in Illinois, and he you know, wants to. And then when they got out of the showers and everything, we were coming out of the stadium. Uh, we got autographs again. And we had these little notebooks. We'd fill them up with autographs. Then we'd go back to Illinois and sell them to our cousins and so on for like $5. What was it like seeing the rise of ERA as a as a kid? ERA parked right outside the stadium. There was two trees out there, and he parked his big Ford wagon in between the two trees. And uh, he was just so down to earth. And uh, you could go out there at certain times and see him hitting golf balls out in the parking lot fields, which are now baseball, softball. Really intense about his responsibility of turning the thing around. You know, he. It, this wasn't like, well, if the kids don't play well, we're not going to win. They didn't have any options. You know, he, he really took over. So awesome. In those days, you could actually talk to players. You could, give a, you could have a relationship with a coach. You know, now everything – there's walls up around the football program, and I understand why. Yeah. So I remember, you know, going to practice when uh, Lou Holtz was coached in 1994. In 93, we thought we won a national championship, and we lost Aaron Taylor, Tim Ruddy, and Todd Norman. So the following year, the only lineman we had back was Ryan Leahy, and Leahy had a bad wheel. He had a bad knee. And Lou came over in his golf cart one night, pulled his pipe out, Sat there and he says, boy, I'll tell you, Bob, he says, our offensive line is in disarray. I said, Coach, I can see that. He said, let me ask you a question. He says, you got any eligibility left? And I said, well, as a matter of fact, I do. As he drove away, he said, that doesn't surprise me in the least. <laughs> <laughs> so he was uh, he was great to work with. Just uh, there were so many neat experiences that way and you know, in, in all the sports. I mean, I – you think about uh, Dave Poulin being here for hockey, Paul Maneri for baseball, Digger Phelps for basketball when I was doing the games, Moffat McGraw, of course, for 33 years. They all did so many great things that to judge them just by the wins and losses is, is not, you know, you won't meet a better guy than Jerry Faust. Did he win? Not as much as we wanted him to, but he won. But he also was just a, a tremendous, tremendous person. Bob Nagel, the former legendary sportscaster here in Michiana and, of course, longtime voice of Notre Dame women's basketball, joining us here on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays, our Focus on Faith interview. How important was, you mentioned growing up Catholic in a small town, coming to Notre Dame, big family. How important was faith growing up as a little kid in your family? Absolutely vital. Um, went to St. Columba Church back in Ottawa. And it was a big school. I had a nun, uh, uh, an aunt that was a nun, and she actually was a sister of mercy with no mercy. And uh, they were tough. Uh, sister Florette was the principal. And I remember getting called in a couple times with the pink slips, you know, you got to go see the principal. And she was just, I mean, you just cowered in front of this woman. 
And in church, when it was time to kneel, she'd take that ring and go. It was time to stand, she'd go. Time to kneel, it's just one. And man, the whole, the whole church was up and down. I mean, there was so much discipline that I thought about joining the Marines to get away from it. But um, <laughs> she, she was tough. And uh, when my aunt passed away, I went to the visitation up at um, up in Chicago, and just this little woman came out. And she goes, "Are you one of the Nagels?" "Yes, sister." She said, um, "Well, I'm Sister Florette." And I said, "You got to be kidding me!" <laughs> She's about four foot seven. I lived in fear of that woman for you know so many years, but uh, went to St. Columba, and then when we moved to Mishawaka. Uh, we were right down the street from St. Bevo Parish. And just the atmosphere of having a place to go that you can you can uh, count on it. You know, it wasn't St. Columba, but it was St. Bevo. It was a Catholic church, it was a good congregation, good people. We, you know, assimilated ourselves pretty quick. We had six kids in our family. So there was a lot of tentacles out there to make friends and meet other people. And uh, and it was really good. And, I, and there was a, a nun in particular I can remember. Sister John um, held me after class one time, and she said, "You know, you're not you're not doing good work." I said, "Well, I'm, you know, getting to work in, and I'm getting C's and D's. She goes, you're capable of much more than that." And nobody ever said anything like that to me before, and uh, so I really spent a lot of time with her, learning more about grammar and and things like that. But uh, one of the skills that really was developed and uh, she was a big part of that was writing skills. And as you know, in this business, writing skills are very important. And I always got a lot of credit for that when I was at WSBT, for example. They always said, love the way you write your scripts. And, you know, uh, so that was that was good. And, uh, you know, then we went from St. Babel to Marion High School and uh, just loved that whole experience when Bob Otowski was our head football coach. And we we won uh, 29 and won my three varsity seasons. Now I did play for a couple of years, but I was my dad was five seven, and I was five two, 180 pound freshman, and I was a five two and a half, 80, 185 pound sophomore. Had all kinds of talent, don't you think? And uh, so uh, Coach Otowski asked me if he said, hey, I need somebody to take care of this videotape equipment. It was all new. And uh, you're going to get killed out there if you, you know, if you stay out for football. <laughs> I did a game on tape, and they sent, Coach Otowski sent it out to Georgia Tech. They're looking at a couple of our players. They sent the tape back, and they said, send us more on this guy and send us your announcer. So Coach played the tape back, and just for giggles, I had – Put a microphone in, done some play-by-play, and he, you know, he sat me down. I thought I thought he had said things I shouldn't have said. He said, "You know, you really ought to pursue this. You know, something you loved it. You love sports, and uh, you ought to pursue this." And then it was a great experience. And the thing was, I was in California. I was in Los Angeles, Poly Pavilion, men's basketball, Notre Dame, UCLA. Just you know, I called my wife. I said, "Oh, it's been unbelievable." Went here, went there, met this guy, that guy. How you doing? Well, I couldn't get the car started. But it probably wouldn't have mattered because we have about 20 inches of snow. And I probably couldn't have got out anyway. And it was like somebody hit me with a brick, you know. <laughs> Do you need me at home? And 
my wife is the greatest warrior you ever met. I mean, she was eager to do anything she could for what I wanted to do. And so when I got back to town, the timing was such that uh, there was a meeting where they wanted me to run for mayor of Mishawaka. And I, are you kidding? I'm doing what I love to do. And uh, they, I told them I said I have to have a list of things that would have to happen, and they did. And I ran. And uh, after losing, I was a zoning administrator for St. Joe County, but I also did the high school games on Friday night, and I did a radio show on Sunday evening. I stayed busy in broadcasting, but for nine years I got to coach T-ball and Little League and all those things that a dad you know, should want to do. And as Lou said, God takes care of stupid people. So uh, 1996, Notre Dame called, want, want you guys to do women's basketball, hockey, and baseball. And uh, so I went back to the station, and I talked to them, and we shook hands and went to work. And, and then you didn't see anybody again for a while because <laughs> if you were doing women's basketball, hockey, and baseball, man, you must have been on the road for quite a bit during the, those years. I can remember my the biggest one was uh, the biggest story was when we, we did a game Wednesday, Notre Dame women's basketball at Georgetown. On Thursday, we were supposed to fly to Alaska, but I couldn't get back to South Bend in time to get on a plane with the team to leave Thursday. So I just flew from Washington, D.C. to Detroit. And then I had to beg my way onto a. I said, you know, I'm just an announcer. I tried to call. I tried to, you know, busy around the holidays, whatever. And I got my thumbs in my pockets, you know, looking pretty sad. And she said, well, let me see. Yeah, your seat has been canceled uh, because you didn't make the flight from South Bend. So I really need to get to Fairbanks, Alaska. And uh, so she looked and looked. She, um, she's on that little machine, you know. She's. Uh, I do have a seat. Would you mind going first class? <laughs> no. No, that'd be fine. So he flew me first class to Seattle where I was able to pick up with the flight, you know, Alaskan Airlines up to Fairbanks. So I did three games up there in Fairbanks, Alaska. Came home. My wife had another suitcase packed for me. We left that morning for San Antonio for a week of baseball. Wow. And uh, that's just, you know. When I look back on it, I say, you got to be kidding. But, man, if you love doing games and you love being part of those teams and, you know, it just – and I had some back – I had a couple of guys that would fill in for hockey or, or basketball once in a while. But I wanted to do as much of it as I could, and I did. You're listening to Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Bob Nagel is our guest. And, Bob, certainly the the part that you're most – famous for in terms of covering Notre Dame was women's basketball um, and that must have been such a joy for you to to be the voice of women's basketball for for so long there were periods where maybe you stopped being the voice and then you came back and different things and and you missed out on being the voice of the 2001 national championship right. game how much did that make 2018 extra oh. special for you to win that national championship to be on the call what was that that weekend like for you? Yeah, it was a dream come true because I think anybody that ever does Notre Dame sports wants at one time or another to say Notre Dame is national champion. Couldn't wait. Just, you know, so excited. Plus that year it was so different because we had lost four players to knee injuries. So we're not going to win it this year. Holy cow. We did. And uh, Arike Ogombawali was just a phenomenal. Uh, Marina Mabry. Phenomenal. I mean, the whole team just was really tough. So let's go to the UConn game, and Arike goes, gets the ball. 
Obviously, we know what she ends up doing. What's going through your body <laughs> as you get to announce that game-winning shot? Seven seconds left to go. Enrique Gomboale, the All-American, drives down the right side. Pulls up, jump run away. Got it! And Muffet and I had kind of the same expression on our face when the ball went in. I was like, are you kidding? Are you kidding? And when Enrique let the shot go, it was, uh, you know, is, is that a prayer? Yeah, but, you know, there's a lot of preparation in that prayer. Yeah. Create that opportunity. And then Enrique hitting another shot. And you get to say those words, Notre Dame wins the national championship. Right. It was uh, one of the best moments ever, uh, obviously. Uh, but when the shot goes up and it goes in, you realize that the dreams of so many people come to fruition. Look at the inbound. Got it to Enrique. She goes down the lane, put up the shot. It's on. Oh! Notre Dame is national champions. I think we were up, shall we say, enjoying ourselves. Maybe a couple of adults beverages involved <laughs> till like 3.30 in the morning. And uh, so we had to be on a bus at 6.30. So it was a short night. And uh, my wife had driven down with some friends, and I asked Muffet, I said, can Mary Carroll go back with us on the bus? Yeah, sure, no problem. Because I always had a double seat, you know, the announcer. And so uh, she got to go back on the bus, and they were getting on board the bus with the with the plaque, you know, the, the trophy, and they handed it to my wife, and she got to hold it for, like, the first 20 miles, and she was just so happy. And so I was so happy because she got to be part of that. We got back to town. We were met by police and fire department, and there was about 6,000 people waiting. They had set up a temporary stage and all that. But, again, you were just, you know, it's like one of those times, you know, you're going to spend a week catching up. But for now, oh, that, that was just a great, great day, great experience. 2018 ends, and as you mentioned, kind of as high of a high as it can be. And it's not that long after that. You know, the next season becomes really difficult and health problems start setting in for you, Bob. Yeah. How, and that's continued for you, how difficult have the last three years been for you? And how has, going back to your faith, how's your faith helped you get through these difficult times? There's so many, so many nights, sons. Uh, going back to 2001 to 2003, I can remember standing up and saying, Lord, your will be done. So if I'm going to make it, I'll, I'd like to make it. If I'm not, you know, uh, I'm okay with it. And I uh, got through that situation. And then uh, with the foot, um, you know, I, I knew I had an infection. I had to, you know, take care of the foot. But I remember being down in Tampa and wearing shoes I shouldn't have been wearing and just being in all kinds of pain. But I, I wanted to be there. I wanted to go to the games and do all the things and uh, limping back to the bus and all that stuff. When I got back to town, I uh, went to see my doctor, and he, as soon as he saw me, he said, take him upstairs. And uh, he did two surgeries that day. I did another one on my back the next day because I had an infection that spread. And uh, I was in really bad shape. I was out for like 14 days. I had no idea what happened during those 14 days. And afterwards, they filled me in. They said, you know, you're pretty close. I guess you lose perspective on what's the most important thing is your health. And uh, I just thought it was so important for me to be like, they couldn't win without me. 
I haven't had any rebounds or made any free throws. <laughs> and uh, probably should have taken better care of that situation at the time. But, um, man, when you do what we do for a living and what you love to do, you don't want to miss out on a situation like that. I can remember, you know, being around 1988 when they won the football championship and knowing all those guys and going through some great experiences there. Uh, I was in St. Louis with Digger and the team in 1978. We went to the Final Four. We always thought we'd go back. Never happened. Get my knee replaced in November. And that's from, my doctor said it's from kneeling so much in church that I probably wore it out. <laughs> Okay, maybe not, but uh, I'm going to get my knee fixed, and then hopefully uh, what you always want to do when you retire is play more golf. So uh, look out for Nagel next spring. You know, it's liable to be a resurrection of, short, of sorts for the golf game. So looking forward to it and so grateful to everybody that's been a big part, you know, the people at WSPT, uh, WGTC, WHME. Uh, just been so many people that have been so helpful and uh, big part of uh, whatever success I've had. It's uh, it's shared by so many people. Bob, thank you very much. You're welcome, Ange. Thanks. The great Bob Nagel, legendary voice of Notre Dame women's basketball, local sportscaster here, 46 years on the air, just recently retired, and we'll continue to pray for Bob and, and, and for good health and just all around uh, someone we we all have looked up to. Absolutely. He's one of those people, he said at the beginning, you know, you love what you do, you never work. And I think he's just the epitome of that. You can hear it in his stories. I mean, he's just a, a great broadcaster. All those little details he works in uh, from his childhood stories there to all the ones when he's been broadcasting. And uh, absolutely just one of those guys when you grow up in South Bend, you're watching sports, Notre Dame sports and local sports, and you just look up to him and, and you see how great he is at telling those stories. Yeah, John, I know you have some personal stories. I do, too. For, when I got to town, first first person outside the WNDU family to reach out and say, hey, let's get you together to meet up with some of the other people in town and media members was Bob Nagel. Like, he, he just he knew his way to, to help others. Yeah, and the same side as a student growing up in this area. He's one of those people where you're watching games, and then the 46th game of the week, they always have students, and he's always reaching out and and making sure you know what you're doing before you go on air and then helping you out when you are there. So he's uh, just a great guy all around. Isn't it amazing when we get to see God work in powerful ways? Multiple times recently, God has pulled me out of my comfortable Catholic bubble into the path of people with vastly different experiences. Through these encounters, I've learned that God is showing me how to accompany and evangelize his sons and daughters who are disengaged from the church. At Redeemer Radio and Spoke Street Media, God is doing the same. He is moving and calling us to incredible things in our ministry. Every investment you make helps us re-engage fallen away Catholics and reach seekers by researching needs in order to hone in on programming that speaks Christ into those needs. Your contributions also allow us to reach more people where they are consuming media every day. Here at Spoke Street Media, we create faithful Catholic content that affirms all listeners' dignity and points to Jesus who alone can satisfy the longings of every heart. God is always sending us a message of love. Together we can help more people hear it.